This is Wessler Media. Oh, yeah, it takes a lot. We've been at it since shortly after last year's fair ended, you know, which is why we're here today. We've been here all day working on stuff. What, 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 are, what have you been working on? The Ohio State Fair and Wessler Media are proud to present A Fair to Remember, discovering the stories and people behind this statewide tradition. I'm your host, Vince Tornero, and this is Season 2. Crowd sorting music, um, uniform orders, uh, just getting the facilities ready, cleaned, and getting everything organized that it takes. You know, we bring kids in from over the state of Ohio, and they're here for two weeks, so that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen overnight. I think one of the things that makes the Ohio State Fair so cool is the fact that there are so many people across the state who find their little corner of the fair, contribute to it, love it, and make it happen. One of those things is definitely the band and choir. In order to fully appreciate the band and choir, I think we've got to get to know some of the history of it. For that, we'll talk to Ohio State Fair historian C. LaVon Shook. Hey, hey, can we start off that film reel? In 1923, uh, Jack Wainwright brought his own high school marching band, the Fostoria High School Band, nationally acclaimed to the fair, and they performed on several occasions throughout the week. And the only other high school-oriented group was the uh, group entitled the Ohio Education Association Band. But during that time, the son of the director of the Department of Agriculture said it would be fun and I think not necessary that we have a a band itself representing the state fair. And in 1924, J.W. Rainwright, Colonel Rainwright as some called him, brought 250 boys to the fairgrounds and proceeded to have a 1924 Ohio State Fair band. Apparently, the people in the band decided that the 25th, the 1925 fair and that band would be their hallmark first one. In 1928, John Philip Sousa, well-known leader of the Golden Jubilee Band, brought his group to the state fair, and they joined, and he as a guest director on several occasions, the All-Ohio Boys Band, which Wainwright was still conducting at that point in time. 1975, an All-Ohio Girls Band under Blackman's leadership was brought on, on, on scene, and they were 150 members in number. They played their own concert schedule, but on many occasions they would jointly perform with the boys' band, which was simply uh, an omen, a forerunner of what was to be the case. The two would be joined, and it would become a co-ed band as opposed to being an all-boys band. In 1963, Glenville Thomas presented the All-Ohio Youth Choir from August 31st through Monday Labor Day with 300 members as a part of it. The choir, in previous years, maybe 100 in number, just returned in 65. A hundred of them only, I should say, from 1965, from a trip that they had made to Europe as a European concert tour. Glenn Thomas was an entrepreneur, and he was constantly pushing and making the choir something that people would see at all times throughout the course of the year. Their group sang in Paris, Rome, 
England, Wales, Amsterdam, Spain, Switzerland, Germany, and Portugal, and all those concerts were given for charity. Thomas was an entrepreneur, pure and simple. He seized on each and every opportunity to further and promote his choirs. In order to keep the legacies of the past alive, it takes the hard, dedicated work of people today to keep it moving. So let's get to know the current day history of the band and choir. Brian Dodd, and I'm the honored to be the director of the Ohio State Fair Band. And John Peterson, I'm the director of the Ohio State Fair Youth Choir. Ed Gallagher, I am director of operations for the Ohio State Fair Band and the Ohio State Fair Youth Choir. Uh, in high school, I grew up in Cleveland, went to St. Ignatius High School. Omar Blackman, who was the longtime director of the State Fair Band, was my high school director. And I like the day-to-day challenges here. I mean, there's something special about bringing kids in from all over the state of Ohio, bringing kids from, for example, where I teach is a fairly rural district, um, uh, West Holmes High School up in Millersburg, up in Holmes County. Um, but you come here and you've got kids from cities and farms. We've got kids that come down here to the fair. These guys will tell you, we have kids that come down here to the fair have never seen a cow before. So, yeah, it's a year-round planning thing. We Probably our quiet time is September, October. And then at that point, we start launching into what are our deadlines going to be for applications, designing marketing materials, what are our deadlines going to be for getting all that stuff out. Um, it's the longest way. In fact, it's the only group like it in the country that we know of. We, mm-hmm. uh, we've never been able to find anything different, but it is definitely the longest-running group of its type. Uh, since 1925, when Jack Wainwright of Hostoria started this group, we've been here ever since. So, quite a heritage with the group. Kids go online, and they request an application. They fill it out, uh, listing their musical bio, if you will, uh, what they've done in high school, other groups they're involved in. And then they automatically get a link sent to their band director. Their band director has to rate them on these different categories. Um, and then their parents have to sign off giving them permission to attend for multiple weeks. And we do that. That begins usually the end of January. Sometimes we get lucky and we're ready to go early, uh, early January. But we do that for two months and then we take all those applications and we get the very painful experience of uh, going through all those applications and narrowing down the the list of the kids that we take based on how many voices, for example, he needs uh, for the choir of, of each part, how many instruments I need for each thing. Uh, and then we make the final decision and select those kids accordingly. So the kids are accepted actually, usually by March 31st is our deadline. So we get 400 of the top kids from all around the state. Yeah, we, we always get more applications than we have spots in the choir. It's a, as Brian said, it's a difficult uh, decision to make, um, but uh, it's definitely an honor for the, for the kids that are able to, to participate. Uh, the choir comes in on Thursday night, July 18th this year. The band arrives on the morning of the 21st. We have our first meal together. We, we play our first notes together around 10:30, 11 o'clock. Uh, we have a meal together. We have auditions for chairs. And by 5.30, they're seated and they're in the rehearsals and we start rehearsal. We go through till Tuesday night and then we have our party. And then we're both groups are at the opening ceremony on Wednesday morning. No, so you guys start at 7 o'clock, and yeah. you perform an average of, like, how, like... like Every kid will perform five to six times a day. Um, sometimes a little bit more, depending if there's a special event, but on average, about five to six times each kid will perform each day. Sometimes, um, it's, a group. sometimes it's a partial group. 
So it might be half the band, what we call red and black band, or it might be our select group, uh, the cardinal band, or it might be the select choir or part I'm doing. So, you know, that way we can cover more parts of the fairground. One group's up north, one group's down south, those kind of things. Yeah, so this year the uh, choir um, represents 58 of Ohio's 88 counties, um, 98 schools, 118 cities, and about 51% of them are coming for their first time, and uh, 16% of them are, have been here for three years or more. And uh, I think, like we said earlier, we have 13 choir members that have chosen to come for four years every summer after, their, um, after each high school year. Which is over, which adds up to being over two months of their lives. They've spent here at the fairgrounds. Indeed, yeah. you know, if they do four year, they've been here for two months of their lives. So, which is kind of neat. The band had fifty four counties this year that we selected kids from. Uh, all ironically, ninety eight schools, one hundred and seven cities. Forty nine percent of our kids are new. Sixteen percent are three years or more, and we have twelve four year members. So, uh, that's a that's that's pretty good. For, uh, that's, that's actually excellent. The kids are eligible to come back this year. That many did. A lot of times, the four-year members, if, if they don't come back, it's because they're going to college. You know, that's the main thing where they've got college marching bands or things like that. Uh, we also have kids. What, what's interesting to mention is that the kids, how many choir kids are also band members at their schools and how many band members are actually choir kids at their schools. We've actually had some kids, they'll do a year of the band and then they'll do a year at the choir put back and forth so they can get the experience of doing both. So we have kids that share the experience of doing both those groups. Between the two of us, we probably have almost all the 88 counties. So between the two of us, we have 71 counties covered, which is pretty good. We would love to, each group always says we'd love to get a kid from every county, but if we covered all 88 counties between the two groups, would be very cool someday. Um, 171 unique schools represented and 187 cities are represented, which is pretty good reach for, for what we're doing. You know, of all the funny things, you're going to laugh at this one, but one of, one of the funny things that's become such a tradition here it has nothing to do with the performance, and yet it is so much fun. We have our traditional omelet day, um, where Ohio Poultry uh, Association, yes, they bring in all the stuff every year for us to have an omelet day. And the staff and the commissioners and everybody, we make the omelets for the kids. We make breakfast that day. And that is so much fun. I mean, the kids get in line, and we make ready, ready, you know, as they ask for them, ready-made omelets right there on the spot. And that yeah, is just I mean, the whole event just cracks me up. Oh no, here we go. Yes, he, John. John has it. It's I'm going to pretend like that wasn't said. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole issue has me walking on eggshells. So, uh, I... John has the jokes, and the band has omelet carols. We actually have omelet carols. Omelet carols. Omelet carols. Oh, omelet day. Oh, omelet day. And on the first day of omelet, and all those things that we have. Oh. Some written out. We, yeah, we actually wrote those out a couple years ago and made a recording of it and sent it to them. When we announce, we just uh, when we announce on social media that Omelet Day is this certain day, the number of likes we get is it's hysterical. It's, yeah, and, and and I mean they're fabulous omelets, but you know it's not. There's no shrimp in them, you know, but they're fabulous. <laughs> what? So, there's no shrimp. Yeah, I mean, it's just shrimp and lobster or anything like that. It's not um, filet mignon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> made by us in the cafeteria, but it's just such a big deal. Yeah, so uh, starting last year, um, well, actually long before last year, I, I kept thinking, you know, it'd be great to be able to, to share all this hard work with people that either are unable to come or unable to afford the fair and, and, uh, and see, you know, how can we share these students' hard work to make the community a better place? And uh, we ended up uh, 
uh, being able to go to visit last year, and we're coming back this year. We took our small group, the Scarlet Singers, they're our select ensemble, to the Ronald McDonald House. And uh, we sang for the families there uh, that are going through a tough time uh, with their kids in the hospital. And, and, uh, and it really was just an inspiring concert. The, our group didn't want to leave. Uh, they stayed there visiting with, with the kids that were there, with the families that were there, getting to know why they were there and where they're from. And, and so it's an honor to be able to go back this year and uh, do something that's bigger than us and that's uh, outside of us and, and take the spirit of the fair to some families that, that could use a smile. So Alumni Day for both organizations, Saturday, July 27th. Each group has their own traditions, each way that they celebrate their day. So uh, for the band, uh, we have an alumni band that's been together for about 10 years or so. So Tank, Jim S. Wine, is our director of the alumni band. They all get together in the morning and do a rehearsal. Very colorful rehearsal. Some of the folks have continued playing. We have you know, professional musicians, music teachers, things like that. Uh, we also have some people that get their horn out one day a year and come play on Alumni Day. So uh, rehearsal's very, um, very entertaining. Except this year, the, uh, the, yeah, this year we're trying something new. And uh, with our, our Alumni Association Vice President, Rob Burris, his leadership, we're going to have a, a, a separate uh, alumni choir. They're going to sing a few pieces on their own. Uh, kind of uh, one of those things that an idea we're stealing from the band. So we've, we've had this free exchange of ideas between the organizations. <laughs> so it's neat. It's neat when a, a quote unquote old timer rolls up and is sharing some experience with the kid. And, and there's that connection of like, oh, wow, we all we both stood in the same place on the risers and we're singing some of these same songs, entertaining and carrying on those traditions. So, you know, the choir ends with um, uh, the Battle Hymn of the Republic, each of their concerts, the band wraps up with Stars and Stripes. And that's one of those moments when each of the alum groups, when they're playing, singing along with those songs, they're back where they were. And that's, and that's you know, that's the joy of Alumni Day. How do you feel at the end of it all? It's, it's got to be like, wow, it's over, that was a lot of work, but, you know. I, there's definitely satisfaction of the accomplishment, what we've made it through. There's always ups and downs with it. With, with 200 or 400 kids, 200 in each group, there's going to be ups and downs and challenges of everything that comes with that many kids coming together, right? Um, but there's satisfaction we made it through. There's that exhilaration of what we did and what we accomplished and what we pulled off. And there's just sheer exhaustion as well, just because, um, you know, we're up by 6, we're in bed at 1 o'clock, and then you just get up and do the same thing the next day. So it's, it's, it's uh, joy, exhaustion, you're glad to go home, and you can't wait to start again the next year. We have a member of the band staff that is celebrating his 50th year this year. Uh, he's been around for over half of the existence of the Ohio State Fair Band. He started in the 60s. Uh, James Tank S. Wine, he's a Columbus music educator. Uh, he was in the Columbus City Schools for years. We call him Tank because he drove a tank in the Army. Um, but he has been here with us from librarian to repair guru to pretty much anything we ask him to do, he does. Wait, hang on a second. You mean to tell me there's a guy that's been with the band for that long? I've got to find him. Well, thankfully, while we were doing this interview in the Road Center, Brian told me the tank was just down the hallway. So um, tell me the story about how you got involved with this in the first place. Like, kind of, your, tell me a little bit about your background and just how I kind of got connected to all this. Well, while I was a student at Ohio State, Professor Jacko Evans asked me to work with the, um, the fair with the All-Ohio Youth Symphony which doesn't exist anymore. 
and I was an equipment manager, and I did that for, I think, what, three years, and uh, then I uh, got called to active duty and served that time, and uh, when I came back, I asked for a job again, and they placed me with, uh, as a counselor with the uh, boys' band, and it was a boys' band until 1975, uh, in 1975, they added girls, and uh, it's been up and running since. And quite honestly, if it had not been for adding the ladies in the group, it saved us. It really did, because there's an ever-dwindling number of guys wanting to play flute and clarinet and uh, oboe and, and like instruments. And so uh, the group's stronger than ever now. So for the future, I definitely want to spend more time with Tank because if you've been with something for as long as he has, you know you got a ton of stories. But as he was talking, we came upon this gem of a story. Uh, probably the best, which I'll never top. Um, one year we had in our folder a, a, an arrangement of uh, songs from the Blues Brothers. So I have the clothes the hat, the tie. I dressed up and I looked like uh, Elwood. Sunglasses and everything. And occasionally with a band going out and around, they, um, uh, I would make surprise appearances, which always got a reaction. But uh, I did one final one. Uh, the director of the band was away and there was a front lawn concert. And I made arrangements with the directors to do my uh, Elwood thing. I also made arrangements with the Highway Patrol and they uh, loaned me a sergeant and a patrol car. The sergeant that was driving the car was totally into it. He, he blew me away because he did lights and siren. It's like up to the edge of the band and you could see the reaction of the kids oh my gosh what's going on here you know they're freaking out I jump out of the car and they lose it and then the MC um, playing a part and he said Elwood what are you doing here and I gave the line from the movie I'm on a mission from God The sergeant was still there with the lights going and everything, and uh, I said, okay. I thought he'd told me that he had to be someplace else. So I, I go over to thank him and say, hey, thanks for helping me out. He cuffs me and puts me in the car and then drive off into the sunset. I love kids, and I love doing this job. It's just a, it's a lot of work, but just absolutely, totally fun. A Fair to Remember, presented by the Ohio State Fair and produced, edited, sound designed by Westler Media. Executive producer and PR manager is Alicia Schultz. Additional script writing and editing by Becca Kerr. Every episode, expertly mastered by Joey Gerwin at Orange Udio. Special thanks to all of our guests and anyone who did anything at all to make this podcast a reality. And thank you for attending the fair year after year and upholding this wonderful and fun tradition. Last, and of course not least... Got to mention my wife, Melina, who listened patiently to various rewrites, versions, and edits of all of these episodes. 
I love you. And I'm your host, Vince Tornero. This has been a fair to remember. I'll see you on the Midway. The fun, the draw, the excitement of a fair, that should be enjoyed by everybody. And this year, the Ohio State Fair, it's going to be more accessible and inclusive of individuals with disabilities. Now, this is in partnership with Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities. Complimentary wheelchair mobility charging stations, they will be available throughout the grounds and are listed on the fair maps. And these fair maps, they can be picked up at the fair guest information services booths. Second, fairgoers who are blind or low vision, they can use this technology called IRA. This is really amazing stuff. Now, IRA, it's going to connect to an agent who can help you with navigation. In collaboration with Ocali, a sensory-friendly morning is going to take place July 31st, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. throughout the fair. The lights and the music on all the rides are going to be turned off, and fairgoers can enjoy the many educational activities, including those in the Oasis at the fair. That is the Ohio Department of Natural Resources Park. Now, if you want more information on all this and all this great stuff about making the fair more accessible, you can find it by emailing info at expo.ohio.gov. That's info at expo.ohio.gov. Or you can plan to stop by a guest information services booth during the fair. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.